Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Wednesday, July 20th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. And uh, we'll start off the show talking Little League Baseball, as we've been doing so since, uh, I guess, Friday when we really previewed, or Thursday when we had Nevin Kilmer WV Little League District 6 administrator on as Oatsdale Park, the host for the 2022 10 to 12-year-old Little League State Tournament. And uh, it's been a great one so far. And Jefferson, uh, they're on to the championship bracket semifinals tonight. Well, this evening they'll take on Hurricane at 5.30 p.m. We'll have that game for you, 5.15 pregame and 5.30 first pitch. And then we'll also have the nightcap game as well, that will be uh, Bridgeport versus Barbersville Little League and 7.45, 7.50 airtime, 8 p.m. first pitch. And no matter what, we'll have the state championship for you tomorrow. That time still to be determined uh, whether or not Jefferson makes it, which we're hoping as uh, I guess we can be fans for this part, right? Yeah, it's a local team. Uh, Sorry, my fault. (laughs) It's a local team. Uh, We would rather broadcast a local team, but we're broadcasting the state championship either way. Uh, But hoping it's Jefferson uh, because it's going to kind of make a schedule a little nightmare tomorrow, but it makes sense uh, with the teams having to head back uh, to their respective locations, which are across the state for the most part. Uh, But we're excited to announce that we are broadcasting the rest of the Little League State Tournament on Talk Radio WRNR. You can listen live on talkradiowrnr.com via our Listen Live feature, Comcast Channel 10, locally in Berkeley and Jefferson Counties, and streaming live anywhere in the world on WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but last night, we saw a heck of a ball game by this Jefferson team, Nick, and uh, just a masterful, masterful performance on the mound by Andy Roberts. He went five and a third innings, allowing one hit, one walk, and nine strikeouts. They threw him back out there for the top of the sixth inning and uh, had, a, I believe he had three or four pitches to give one batter, essentially, and he struck out that guy. And then uh, the, the Hunter Hefner came in to get the final two outs with the pitch count limit reached for Andy Roberts. But just a, a great game by this Jefferson 10- to 12-year-old team and uh, facing this Ona Mil- the Ona Milton team that uh, shut them out the other night and they're getting the 5 nothing win last night. Yeah, it was a uh, good way, I think, for Jefferson to kind of bounce back from that loss and play the way they've really played in every other game we've seen in the other tournaments this year. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a dominating win, only 5 nothing, but it was dominating from the perspective of Ona Milton never really got much going at all offensively in that is due to Andy Roberts' performance on the mound. Uh, you, know, you already mentioned the numbers, and for him to eat up those innings was really important because there's still two games left to be played. Yeah, and uh, Hunter Hefner only threw a few pitches, so he doesn't even have to. He Technically, if there was another game last night, he could have played that. Uh, but, yeah, they have all their arms ready, basically, except for Roberts. 
Yeah, so they, I mean, they have pretty much the rest of their team then that they can throw out there, which uh, gives you a great advantage. So I think Jefferson's back in a position to potentially make that state championship. I think it's a good matchup here tonight between them and Hurricane, who we saw yesterday uh, really rally to get that win against Shinston Clarksburg. Um, so looking forward to it tonight. I've got a stat for you. So uh, they lost 5 nothing to Ona Milton on Saturday, which pushed them into that consolation loser side of the bracket where they had to win two on Sunday, win last night's game to get it into the championship bracket. Well, the whole entire uh, tournament, the whole entire, I guess, summer for them, good dating back to the uh, District 6 Area 1 tournament, the District 6 tournament, and now the state tournament, they have given up uh, in wins, and they've only lost one game. In wins, they've given up a total of six runs, and then they gave up five runs in that loss to Ona Milton. So 11 runs total given up in this run they've had this summer. Just a heck of a run for them, and we hope it continues uh, tonight and into tomorrow, winning the state championship if possible, and then going down to Warner Robins, Georgia again. Uh, But to only give up a total of 11 runs and only six runs in wins, five runs in that one loss, Uh, That just goes to show not only that this team has great pitching, great defense, uh, but also great hitting, as we know. Yeah, and it's the semifinal, so they both should be great games. So you can't uh, predict one over the other or say that this one team on paper is better than the other. All four of these teams, I think, are evenly matched. So the game should be a fun one tonight, and it'll be interesting to see, as you guys said, who pitches tonight now for Jefferson, the only one that can't pitch is Andy Roberts, who had a terrific game on the mound yesterday, commanding the strike zone and uh, going with him and Hefner for a shutout against Dona Milton in that 5 nothing win. Could it be Vogel tonight? Could it Vogel be? is not a pitcher, by the way. He, they had to throw him out there, just so you he, know. He was fine. Yeah, I know, but, <laughs> but I don't, they're, not, they're not looking to go to okay. him. He was just uh, – they didn't kind of ran out of options from what I understand. He's normally the catcher, and that doesn't normally pitch. Huh. So – it works. Maybe should. <laughs> it works, but uh, you don't want to have to get into that predicament, and it looks like they won't get into that predicament. I'll say this. I think based on what we've seen and, and kind of the numbers in the tournament, I would expect, I think, Jefferson and Bridgeport to win tonight. But, again, it's Little League Baseball, so it's hard to make a prediction like that and, and uh, have those kind of expectations because you never really know what's going to happen. I mean – Ono Milton had shut out Jefferson 5 nothing the last time and then really weren't able to do much at all last night against a really good uh, Andy Roberts performance. So, you know, pitching will always be important, but also the mistakes you make uh, behind the pitcher. But I, I just think, you know, Bridgeport's been pretty dominant. Barbersville had a loss to Hurricane, I believe it was, 3-2. to two. Uh, And Jefferson has pretty much been dominant besides their one loss. So, those would be the teams I think that maybe have the edge on paper if you were to just look at the lineups and what they've done so far in the state tournament. But with it being Little League, I mean, you expect the unexpected, like I said last night. So it, it should be uh, some high competition, I would think. And there's intensity, obviously, with this being a semifinal matchup for both of these games. So, um, you know, it should be competitive throughout. The fact, though, that Jefferson has been able to bounce back after that 5 nothing loss to Ona Milton to, in dominate. their three games, not only dominate offensively, 
But they haven't allowed a run, I believe. No, they allowed two runs in the 12-2 to two win over. No. That's correct. My fault. I thought for some reason that that was a shutout as well. But in those three games since that loss, those are the only two runs that they uh, have allowed. Yeah, I mean, they've only allowed eight runs in this entire tournament. Uh, and then they allowed three runs in the district tournament victory uh, in the district championship victory over Mineral County, 9-3 to three that victory. Uh, but uh, this has been a heck of a run and similar to last year's run. Yeah, so hopefully they're able to defend it, and I think that loss was a great wake-up call. And just like it's been now since they were in that loser's bracket, it's a winner-go-home situation, and it'll be interesting to see the teams that never had a loss if they can uh, come to the realization of that because, as I said, since they haven't had a loss, it's no longer double elimination and that causes a disadvantage, I think, for those teams, but it helps Jefferson out. Yeah, it definitely does. The other game tonight. Bridgeport's oh. the only team that does have a loss, right? I believe so. Point. I believe they've made it all the way through. Uh, it should be uh, Bridgeport and Hurricane, I thought. Or no? The Hurricane. I know, yeah, I guess Hurricane is undefeated. Because it's yeah. two from the winner's brackets yeah. and then you're two right. from the loser's well, no. brackets. Yes, you're right. So Hurricane. So. Yeah, but Hurricane also. Uh, seven sixteen. They did not have to play Friday. That's how right, that that's bracket works. So they only played Saturday, and then they played yesterday. Yeah, that's why. I thought so they've only they played two loss, games. They, they've only played two games. Yeah. So, but they have that advantage of only playing two games. But they did um, play the um, other team that's advancing as well, Barbersville, in the second round, or I guess their first game, but Barbersville's second game as they beat Barbersville 3-2 on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but that could that, that's another team in that bracket. But we'll also have the 8 p.m. game for you. That'll be Bridgeport versus Barbersville. Uh, so we'll have both those games for you on radio TV locally and on WRNR TV on YouTube. And it, for people uh, that are out of the area and can't watch it, maybe driving or something, you could just go log on to www.talkradiowrnr.com and find our Listen Live feature. We'll have it streaming audio-wise as well on there. Uh, but it's been a heck of a run here at the state tournament, and uh, excited to be able to broadcast the rest of it no matter what happens with uh, Jefferson, hoping that Jefferson does you know, make it into the state championship and win it as well. But uh, Little League Baseball, you see some things that you never see in other games or any other part, Nick. We talked about that last night. Yeah, and I think uh, another thing about Hurricane tonight is their defense was phenomenal last night. Uh, really the defense on both sides in that first game. So, you know, you look at some of their plays that they were able to have last night. A lot of runs at times for Jefferson have come due to other teams' mistakes and their aggressive base running. It'll be interesting to see if maybe Hurricane can limit some of those runs being scored because they really didn't make a whole lot of mistakes in the game we saw yesterday. And it seems like they have a pretty good uh, defensive discipline behind their pitching. So that'll be interesting tonight, I think, for the matchup. Not that Jefferson can't score, you know, like traditional runs, but they did take advantage of a few mistakes throughout the tournament and they do like to rely on their their base running abilities to kind of force teams into making errors and allowing those extra runs to come and a big reason why they've been able to get so many uh run rule victories so uh if hurricane can continue to play the defense that they played last night you know we could be looking at a lower scoring game and uh It'll be interesting to see. And they're the ones that had the uh, great base running last night too, correct? It yeah, was Hurricane they had that, uh, had the kid that jumped over the, over the catcher and 
was able to get his back great hook down. Great replay yeah, on that, was, by the way. That was That fun. was a heck of a replay. You're able the, to slow that down to, what, like 25% speed? I got it down to frame by frame. I think I had it at two at one point just so it could pause to show him slowly dropping that back foot right on the plate for everybody. So if you did not see that, I'd highly uh, recommend either if you got TV10 to tune back here this afternoon after this show and watch the replay of the game or go onto YouTube and watch it because that was a terrific play. And give credit to cameraman Fence Cam One or whatever. It was. <laughs> yeah. That's true as well. Great work on those the fence cams. Those fence changing cams, it to that one. Hey, yeah. those fence cams have been great for plate gate plate stuff yes. this this year in baseball. Uh, the the closer stuff in, obviously, it's you know not great for a play in the outfield or something like that. But when you have a plays at the plate and able to switch if you get a guy hitting the double and an rbi coming in and you just switch it to that one cam mm-hmm. on the first base side you see the guy running in for the score and you can see the guy on second so uh those have been a great asset to us that we've gotten this year uh but let's turn our attention now to uh some older baseball for or older kids playing baseball legion baseball action unfortunately we will not have the uh at least the first two games here well potentially some other things could go on we'll we'll let you know tomorrow or on social media tonight i guess whether or not that comes to be true uh but we will at least not for certain have tonight's game for the berkeley post 14 hornets in their uh, game one of a best of three series in the area tournament against potomac valley post 64 that's a 6 p.m game at p.o faulkner park um i talked to trip tobin today uh they're gonna have concessions rolling so if you want to go watch that and then watch us uh, watch the Little League Jefferson at uh, on YouTube. Do so while you're there. Uh, but they uh, they since it's the playoffs, uh, they're taking a gate. So I don't know the gate, but they will have a gate fee to get in, and they are selling concessions. So if you want to go watch some Legion baseball, you can do that, and then watch these games on your phone from YouTube. And was the uh, text with the hats about their first game there tonight, or was that yesterday? What for uh, Little League that they were going to be having oh, those. But, but, the oh, the hats. I, I hats. don't know that. I don't okay. know. I, I think those might be just for the players. Ah. I am not too certain about that. Uh, think, but yeah, It was just for the players and, like, we had the option. Yeah. You know? I thought uh, maybe but it was on sale or something. Potomac Valley Post 64 Game 2 will be set for tomorrow, 6 p.m. Um, not looking like we can broadcast that, but there could be a chance due to some things happening scheduling-wise with the Little League State Turn, but we won't know with that until tonight. Um, but then if they go to a game on Friday, uh, we will have that game for you unless for some reason a monsoon comes in tomorrow and washes out uh, the game, uh, the Little League games. Uh, but it should be a great series there. And, you know, you were well, guys. if that happened, then yes. post would probably get washed out too. Yes, so. that is true. Uh, but you guys were able to see part of that 8 nothing win they had against Potomac Valley Post 64 uh, when you went down to Hampshire High School to broadcast the Kingwood Berkeley Post 14 game uh, towards the end of that one with the Hornets getting an 8 to nothing win. And then uh, Post 64 came up to P.O. Faulkner Park. We had it all for you on TV 10 last week, uh, last Wednesday, and it was a 5-3 victory for Post 14. So 2-0 on the season versus Post 64. But last week's game... Uh, kind of showed that this is not going to be just a game that Berkeley Post 14 can run away with. There might be some competition in this area tournament series. Yeah, I agree. It's not going to be a cakewalk or anything, but that game also showed 
that Berkeley Post 14, in my mind, has resiliency. They find ways to win, and that's the comment that we always made about uh, Jefferson there, baseball-wise, this past spring. They always found ways to win, even when it looked like they weren't going to be able to, and I think that this Post 14 team has that as well, so I like their chances against uh, this Potomac Valley squad. Yeah, talk about that game from last Wednesday. Uh, Post 14 went up 2-0 in the third inning, and then uh, Post 64 came back to tie the game in the fourth inning at 2-2. No runs scored in the whole fifth frame or the fourth frame for Berkeley Post 14. And then in the sixth frame, uh, top of the sixth, Potomac Valley went up 3-2. But then Berkeley Post 14, as you said, came back there and scored three runs in the sixth inning and shut things down in the seventh inning uh, with Colin Reed on the mound, two two out of three strikeouts there in that uh, seventh inning to get the 5-3 to three victory. And uh, I know that talking to Trip Tobin after the game, he wasn't necessarily happy with how his team played two errors, uh, but for them to be able to make that comeback and uh, show the resilience, as you just said, shows that this team could do things, but it also shows the Potomac Valley – is going to hang around and potentially make this a three-game series. I didn't see the games. So yeah. I really don't have I forgot about that. He was on you vacation. are on vacation for both of these games. <laughs> but uh, Berkeley Post 14 again in action tonight. I don't remember who Tripp said would be the starter on the mound, but I do know Caleb Edwards, who's their typical Wednesday starter, it appears. He is on vacation, something that's been long known to Tripp. Uh, so... With no game, uh, with the last game being Saturday, I believe they have most of their arms ready. So maybe we see Trevor Bohr, Dylan Stevens, Braden Stottlemyre. Those are the top three pitchers and in innings pitched this summer. Um, and uh, those could be guys that could be key to getting the win. Uh, combined record of six and two. I was about to say, I'd like seeing uh, Stoudemire and then a guy that you didn't mention who's been hot as of late there pitching wise, Chase Herndon. Chase Herndon, Colin Reed. That's true too. Uh, Baden Hartman pitched a so, little bit there. They got everybody available. I I think that they went it in two. Prediction there. I was talking to Trip earlier, and I said, uh, I jokingly said, for your sake, Trip, I want you guys to win in two. Uh, for our broadcast sake, I want you to make it dramatic and win in three. So that we can. And he it. started laughing, and he said, "Yeah, I want to win in two, but uh, I see where you're coming from." <laughs> And uh, But, yeah, so that'll be a good best-of-three series uh, tonight, which you can go there and watch it and then tune into these Little League games on your phones as well. But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car-buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it, take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, we'll continue baseball talk. We'll talk uh, – our midseason thoughts, all-star game recap, and uh, continued domination for the AL in the Midsummer Classic. That's next after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and 210. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. You good over there, Colin? Yeah, for some reason at first I thought something was in queue because I could only hear out of the uh, one side. Oh. Don't know why, but 
That was weird, but we're welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, 1230, 1229 here. Well, now 1230 on your Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Spencer Pudnick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We'll now talk some all-star action last night here as the all-star game for the MLB was last night. And uh, NL got out to a 2-0 lead, but that was almost all of the offense uh, actually, it was all the offense. They only had five hits in the game, two runs that bottom of the first inning. And then uh, in the fourth inning, uh, there was two homers, one two-run shot by Giancarlo Stanton. And then it was back-to-back, right? So yeah, Buxton hit that solo shot as well. And uh, that was all they needed is the pitching was very dominant for that AL squad. Um, you had McClanahan being the starter. Then uh, WVU alum... Uh, Alex Monea? Manoa. Manoa, excuse me, the Blue Jays pitcher. Uh, he came in and had a great inning of work, striking out a fantastic inning of work, striking out all three batters he faced. And they had him mic'd up during it, too. I did hear that. Interesting. And then Valdez uh, Framber, I believe that's how you say his name, he came in and had an inning. He got the win on the statistical side. And then Paul Blackburn pitched as well. He's an athletics pitcher. Uh, Perez, Cortez, Lopez, the uh, the Orioles pitcher came in. Soto, Holmes, Hendricks, and then how do you say the guy that came in for the ninth? To get the save. Class, cl- class, classe. Emmanuel, classe. I think is what it is. He's a Cleveland Guardians yeah, I don't know pitcher. If the East silent or not. Uh, but he came in and struck out the side in the ninth inning, as uh, the NL was just unable to do really anything. They did strike out 12 pitching-wise, walked three, gave up three runs and eight hits total, uh, but just those two home runs, the difference in the ballgame. Yeah, and, you know, it's usually a low-scoring game when you get to the All-Star game because... Because you've got the pitching. Best pitching, yeah, baseball. Um, And that's what we had last night. So the American League has now won nine straight, which is a pretty impressive run there. Yeah. not that it really means much, but uh, just kind of not something I guess you would expect when it comes to an all-star game, especially in baseball where the leagues are pretty balanced. I mean, I think the AL does have the better teams for the most part. There's a little bit more competition in their divisions. Uh, but, you know, the, the two, some of the top teams in the National League are definitely on, on point with some of the top teams in the American League. So... From that perspective, there is the balance. But again, in the uh, in baseball too, every team gets a w- at least one All Star. Yeah. So when you look at the fact that the AL has the better competition overall, it makes sense that they've been kind of dominating in the All Star game. Not that it means anything at all, but it's kind of an interesting streak that they've been on. And I know you were mentioning that you were really hoping for the National League to tie it up there, so that we could have saw the uh, home run derby. I yeah, I mean, for sure they were going to fix that. That's honestly, I kind of had that thought in the back of my mind when I saw that it was three two going into the ninth inning. I was like, somebody's going to hit a solo shot here, and it's just the pitcher was going to be told just throw it over the middle of the just plate. Groove it. it. It seemed like something that was like guaranteed to happen because the way that the the way that they released it and everything. Yeah, the way that they kind of went with the release, it wasn't like something they released last week. They released it on Sunday, I think. Yeah, Sunday yeah. evening, I believe they released that it was going to happen and that and it could happen. Picked out on who it would yeah. be, and, <laughs> and it just seemed like was, it was. Yeah, 
Part of me thought, oh, something's going to happen here, and it's going to—they're going to have the home run derby. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I left the curveball down the middle. Yeah. But that didn't happen. So yeah. Maybe somebody well, messed up it, batting I, I guess it's the symbol. Didn't hear the trash can. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I guess it's good the to see are something. In the American League now. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, I—I I, I hope that means that uh, what we had was just conspiracy theories. And that the Major League Baseball would not do something like that after that whole thing that happened a couple of years back. So, uh, but I mean, it was a good all-star showing uh, was. for Alex Manoa, the WVU alumni. And uh, I was hoping the uh, Orioles pitcher there in Lopez would have got to pitch more, but understandably. You've got to get all the pitchers. Game. Yeah. He only pitched two-thirds of an inning. Yeah, three pitches. He got two <laughs> outs and three pitches, and that was it. Jorge Lopez, though, has been a cool story. You know, Kyle and I weren't uh, super high on him at the beginning of the season, but he's really turned stuff around as a closer. And I know his son has had some medical mm-hmm. issues and has been able to watch him pitch and actually person had two pitches recently. So. I thought it was three pitches, two outs. First pitch, bat- oh, batter's faced. First pitch strikes. Oh, this is different right. than what the uh, MLB app shows. Okay. So it's been cool to see that I think his son's been able to see him pitch in person for the first time this season as of late, uh, which is cool uh, for Jorge Lopez. And I think he was at the game last night. Yep. Um, so. Going to fun stat cast stat? Sure. Stanton and Buxton's blasts combined for 882 feet of back-to-back homers. 421-foot average on each one. Nice. It's not bad. They were bombs. So yeah, uh, but now we'll kind of get into our MLB midseason thoughts. Uh, we'll start here with our local team that we cover, that we air the games for the Nationals. Uh, I expected them to be maybe a little bit more competitive this year than they were, not to be last in the MLB. I didn't expect them to I lead the division. That. I expected them to maybe be third in the division, not last. I expected them to be under five hundred or maybe hovering within five games of five hundred, but not last in the MLB. I, I, I'd say I expected them to probably be 10 wins better than the, what they are yes, right now. Yes, that's that's kind of what I was saying. That threshold. Not, yeah, not over 500 really, but not the last team in the league. But you got to understand, you knew it was going to be a down year. At the same time, but uh, I also Strasburg expect, was hurt. That's what I was about to say. I, at the so beginning of the year, help. I expected him to come back. And, you know, I had the thought in my mind that he's had that long to, to come back, like to be able to, you know, work through that rehab that he was actually going to stick where he was or where he should be and not be injured again, but now he's back on the 60-day DL, so a season likely over. Um, did not expect the Orioles to be as great as they are to go on that run. I don't think anybody did, and uh, there was a... Sh- I was about to say Vegas definitely didn't. Now <laughs> I can't the, find uh, that article, but uh, Vegas, one uh, gambling place is at odds, I believe. They're seven-figure difference. Now I can't seem to find that on the ESPN thread that was that I had seen earlier. But, yeah, uh, I didn't expect the Orioles to be this good. I expected them to contend at the end of the year, uh, which they definitely still will. But, I mean, you go on that big win streak and you kind of see where they are. Uh, definitely expected in the NL East the, uh, the Mets to be good. But they've been good even without their star pitching. That's very true. And when they come back, how dangerous is this New York Mets team going to be? But at the same time, I mean, the Phillies are kind of getting closer. I think once the uh, Mets pitching there 
does come back in a Scherzer and DeGrom, I think it'll be their division easily. But it's weird that the Mets haven't fallen off. Everybody says it's at the All-Star break, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. It seems different. Yeah, and I think the Central is the weirdest division in baseball uh, because Milwaukee is not that great. St. Louis is not that great. Uh, and they're both 50-game winners so far, and the rest of their division is just not great at all. I mean, you have the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Reds, and then you look at the West, you know the Dodgers were going to lead the NL West. You know that was going to happen. San Diego, great to see them where they are. Uh, San Francisco kind of exceeded my expectations for this year so far. Colorado and Arizona, about where I thought they would be. And then you look at the AL East. We just talked about the Orioles. You know, they're still in last, but they're 500. Um, which is crazy to think compared kind to of every a, other division Yeah, in which is a stacked bottom of that division, really. It's going to be interesting to see where the, you know, those final, I don't necessarily know, I guess the, the two through five spots in that division are going to be interesting to see how they shake out because the, you know, the Orioles are within five games of the race. Yeah, I was or talking five, with yeah, five uh, games of the race. Nick about it before the show. If the Orioles were in the AL Central, they'd be three games back of the division, yeah. but yet they're in the AL East and 18 games back of the division because well, I mean, the Yankees they might, are there. They might even be better than that because if they were in the Central, they wouldn't be playing the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, they the wouldn't Sox be playing the them all the time. And the Blue Jays all the time. So uh, just based on record, though, yeah. And I, I think there's been a lot of kind of weird things about this season. We mentioned the Mets, too, as them being a strong team. And I think typically they kind of fall apart at some point. But like we said, you know, they're about to get healthy. So... You know, hypothetically, they should be better than what they have been, and they've already had a really good year. Uh, the Yankees have been pretty dominant, but did kind of struggle with the Reds recently, so who knows? Maybe they'll drop off a little bit. Uh, we all hope so. Yeah, I mean, the O's, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're going to probably drop off a little bit because I just don't think they have enough pitching uh, unless they were to be really aggressive here at the deadline. I wouldn't mind that may be going for a pitcher like Luis Castillo, who has two years yep. of team control. Uh, but I don't know how much he would cost in a return, so it really just depends. And, you know, if they were healthy too, I mean, if they had John Means and Grayson Rodriguez was up and healthy for the team, imagine what that pitching staff would look like. It would probably be pretty formidable. Uh, but that's not the case. So, um, you know, I, I said before the year that the goal was like 70 wins, and I think they're going to get there. Uh, so I think I'll be happy with this season, and then next year you might have to watch out for them as a playoff team, especially if they're a little bit aggressive in the off season because they really haven't spent any money on free agents, you know, during yeah. this rebuild. And uh, it seems like things are turning around, so that's good to see. Um Right now, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say probably the Yankees come out of the AL. And I think we, that's a solid prediction. I can agree with that. I bet Colin would agree with that. Yeah, I think it's the Yankees, unfortunately. Yeah, and I want to make mention, I think the AL Central's kind of shaped out to where I thought it would be. The AL West, though, I didn't necessarily expect the Mariners to be this good right that's now. That's the team that I was about to mention. And I expected the Angels to be better. I kind of expected mm -hmm. them to flip in the standings where they are right now, and obviously you expect the Astros to be as good as they always are because they're just kind of, they put together they a cheat, great team. So. Yes, but it they put together you know a solid pitch. team. <laughs> I don't know if they know that anymore, Nick. Hey, but who right. knows? But um, 
the Mariners had a good season last year. I think they just barely missed out on the playoffs. So They did. I remember they were cheering on the Orioles at the end of the season to try to help them out. Yeah, so they've kind of been like a team that maybe roster-wise you don't look at them and say, oh, that's a competitive team, but they've found ways to win games, and they've been on quite the streak as well. Uh, did they the get to the weeks. wild card game? No, I think they missed it by a few few games. Okay. I think they won close to 90 games last mm-hmm. year. So, you know, they were a good team last year, and uh, they've been a fun team to watch. Uh, the Astros are, you know, right there with the Yankees. So we'll kind of see what happens here at the trade. And in the NL, I mean, you got to go with probably the Dodgers or the Mets right now. But, you know, we'll see. I think I think it's more open in the NL, it appears, even though I'd say overall the AL is tougher. It's kind of a weird look at there it's just the Yankees have been so great this year that it's hard to see them losing but again they've kind of had this expectation for a while and despite all the talent on their team they haven't really gotten over the hump the last few years so maybe it's their year maybe it's not uh, but looking forward to kind of what happens here at the trade deadline I think that will really give us a better idea of who's maybe going to separate themselves yeah and uh you know back to the standings here a little bit at least in the NL East when Harper went out, I didn't expect them to be where they are or be able to, you know, stay over 500 for that long. But you you just can't discredit, and I'm not discrediting it at all. And I think it's it's just crazy how Kyle Schwarber a few years ago wasn't really that big of a name. Went to the Nats last year, completely dominated there in June and July. Got traded to the Red Sox, was still hitting bombs, and kind of the resurgence of his career uh you know he's up there in home runs he's second behind Aaron Judge with 29 total this year first in the NL uh above Austin Riley from the Braves and he is really keeping that team afloat because it just seems like he's hitting homers at an amazing clip that's putting them on top of games with guys on base just things yeah that that was the point that's keeping them where they are hitting home runs to be second in the MLB he's hitting clutch home runs clutch timely home runs mm-hmm. that have kept the Phillies with some momentum with their you know best hitter you know highest paid guy out for a good portion of the, this little bit of time because I don't know when he's coming back here uh, but you know he was he well I don't, can't remember what he did but then he was pushed forced to only be a DH Harper was and then now he's out for a little bit of time but I wasn't expecting with Harper out, them to continue to be this good, uh, just because I didn't know how long that you would see Schwarber just completely rake and dominate, and you know I didn't expect this whole you know since Saturday really this whole Soto saga to happen. Yeah, this is like this early. Interesting. I, I was going to make a bold prediction. Well, and I mean, what's his face on the home run derby said he had heard that it'll be traded in two weeks. I, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if it happened this week. I wouldn't be surprised if a team that really wants him tries to get the deal done so that before they have to play, I think uh, the games restart Friday. Thursday, I think there's some tomorrow. Is there some tomorrow? I don't okay. necessarily – I think those may be rescheduled games, actually. That's what I think is a couple of rescheduled games because I know I think the Yankees are making some up with Houston before yeah, they come Yeah, they're playing a doubleheader. Yep. They're playing a doubleheader, and then the Rangers and Marlins, Tigers and Athletics playing a doubleheader, Rangers and Marlins aren't. Giants and Dodgers are playing tomorrow. 
uh, but don't believe those teams are playing the teams on Friday. But I feel like if it was this week, we would have heard some rumors being leaked that there were teams really showing interest, and I haven't really heard any of that. Well, it's because it's the I think the snag in this deal is that you're gonna have to pay them the arbitration money for the next two seasons. It's true, and that's the snag in this deal because the Nationals are gonna want you know a bunch of prospects and maybe one major league ready guy in return for him, and. I don't know that you can bet the farm on a guy you're going to have to pay arbitration for the next two years on top of a contract where the new report that just came out says uh, from John Hyman, he thinks Scott Boris wants an annual average value of $43 million for Juan Soto, which is 14, 000, or 14 million more than what the Nats offered him and you know thought maybe you'd meet in the middle there around 35, 36. I have beef with John Hyman. Why? He reported that the Orioles signed Dexter Fowler, and that was not true at all. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> all right, well, we've um, got to hit the break because we're about 15 minutes behind on the break here because we went 20 minutes on the first segment and 15 minutes on this segment. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer, cabinets and designer bedding. After living in his family in an operated located right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way, go to Orsinis.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, I guess we'll talk a little West Virginia athletics as well as Marshall athletics here quickly, and then we'll hit the next break and end things. We'll wrap things up. But first, we're going to take a two-minute break, have another segment, then we'll wrap things up. Are you a local business here in the Eastern Panhandle trying to expand your customer base? Well, you've come to the right place because us here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 have many options for you. Our two daily shows garner two different audiences. From 8 to 10 a.m., it's the Eastern Panhandle Talk with Rob Mario. And from 12 to 1, it's the Sports Mix with Spencer, Nick, and Colin. In the evenings, we'll cover Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference sports as well as Shepherd Sports. And on the weekends, we cover local events as well. Call us at 304-263-6586 to learn more about how our advertising packages can make your businesses boom. And tell them Spencer sent you. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Poy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here at about 12.50 on this Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. We'll now get into, uh, I guess, some college news bits here about the MLB draft and uh, college football for the two Division One teams in the state. Uh, Fifth-year senior right-handed pitcher Trey Brathwaite of WVU Baseball was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in the 16th round of the draft on Tuesday. On Monday, junior right-handed pitcher Jacob Wader, Waters excuse me, was a fourth-round pick of the Oakland Athletics, while junior outfielder Victor Scott II was taken in the fifth by St. Louis. And then a guy they have committed, which will be interesting to see if he ends up signing with the team or going to WVU, is incoming freshman right-hander Gavin Van Kempen was drafted by the Cardinals as well in the 20th round um, in 607th overall as a pick. But WVU, uh, make former baseball players making a splash there in the draft and uh, I guess potentially – 
a guy that they could lose in their upcoming freshman class. Mm-hmm. 20th round's the last round, so unless he really likes the Cardinals and they give him a good deal, I, I think you go to WVU to try to improve your draft stock. But again, there's not a lot of in money in that deal. kind of like, yeah. So, you're right. Kind of like what we saw uh, with Kumar Rocker last year. Yeah, but that was a <laughs> that was a top 10 pick. That was a top 10 pick. <laughs> that was totally was then the shocking proved this year <laughs> he did he yeah and then he got three. shockingly picked there i don't think anybody had him picked there still worked out for him it did work out but i mean that's a, a lot of talent there on that wvu baseball team that's now getting into their professional yep. careers being drafted by teams uh, nick did any what uh marshall guys get drafted i know there's two guys that could have i didn't see anything on uh herd zone yeah i didn't uh, either but Marshall I know there's a couple there was a couple players I know at some point were kind of potentially waiting there, but again, less draft uh rounds here with uh with the realignment of minor league baseball kind of throws a hamper in players getting drafted. Yeah, I can remember you know, a few Marshall guys getting drafted over the years, but usually it was past the twentieth round, usually like mid twenties was when they would hear their names called. So you know, I can't think of anyone that would be, uh, you know, a, a big time player that I'd be like, "Wow, he didn't get picked." I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to remember all the guys on their team, but there's well, no. I one know that there's a two of prospects. Least. Tim Stevens of the Herald Dispatch wrote about this last week. Uh, Ryan Leach and Luke Edwards. Yeah, Leach was drafted out of high school, and but he decided to go to the herd. Uh, yeah. Luke Edwards has always been one of the better players. But. Yeah. Well, final thing here, we'll talk about the Thundering Herd football team here is uh, sophomore running back Rasheen Ali, who last season earned freshman All-American honors, was named the Maxwell Award watch list on Monday. The Maxwell Football Club announced uh, the Maxwell Football Club or the Maxwell Award is given annually to the to the National College Football Player of the Year. Uh, big preseason honors there. And then this morning he was added to the uh, Doak Walker uh, award watch list that given to the best running back in college football so potential so big that honors that here. you were thinking potential big honors for a guy but i believe 12 other guys on that doke doke walker watch list from the sunbelt yeah and uh ali is a running back that had a fantastic season last year for marshall i know they're losing a lot uh with their o-line so it'll be interesting to see if he can do that again and if he can have another great season i think he probably declares for the draft because uh, while he is only a sophomore technically and he still has years two more years of eligibility uh you know with covid and everything this has been already his third year i think on campus so he can declare for the draft uh after this season and uh you know he's gonna be a big part if marshall wants to have some success in their first year in their Sun Belt. Yeah, definitely. Use uh, JT Daniels also in that Maxwell Award. Oh, there you go. Didn't see that. Uh, But we've got to hit the final break of the show. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. About three and a half minutes left in this edition of the Sports Mix. This segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuynik for his leaning column, McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here on this final segment for July 20th, 2022. And uh, we'll kind of wrap up this edition. Had some topics to get, but we don't really have enough time to get into those topics. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the TBT that's currently going on throughout the other regionals, but the regional in Charleston will begin this Sunday. Uh, a late addition to Best Virginia's roster, uh, Taman Scruggs, a six foot four. Uh, native of South Charleston who played five seasons at WVU Tech was added to the roster this season uh, or just excuse me, this morning or late last night uh, but that's a big addition and uh, Colin we're working on something pretty cool you uh, reached out to their alumni team's Twitter account the best Virginia the West Virginia alumni team's Twitter account in the TBT and uh, we're working on getting them on the show yeah trying to have a uh, player hopefully on the show here this week before the uh regional there down in charleston i know you're trying to work some strings out for the herd that team as well yeah and if you remember uh colin wasn't a mainstay on the show yet this was i think the first week of the show uh last august right nick i feel I like think i was on the show when we had him you did i can't remember i believe I remember. it was the first week i was going back through my text i believe it was the first week of august that we had the show so the show last august premiered on august 9th maybe it was the second week uh we got uh, John Elmore, former Herd men's basketball player, legend there, all-time leading scorer. He had just signed a new contract to play in Lithuania. Uh, he is leading this Herd that team once again uh, for the third third time, I think, maybe fourth time um, with our, with uh, my connections with him from Marshall, uh, trying to coordinate him coming on to talk about Herd that and the TBT and a potential second-round matchup between Best Virginia and Herd that, which uh, before – uh, would have happened if, it, if last year's Charleston Regional, which was the year after it was initially supposed to happen due to COVID, uh, that would have been the Charleston Regional final matchup if both teams made it there. Unfortunately, uh, heard that did not, but it would be a second-round matchup this year. So, And I think the year before that, it was supposed to be the first-round matchup. Yeah, but no? Best Virginia had to drop out due yeah. to COVID, that Columbus uh, yep. like covid Colin regional the, the memory yeah. yeah Colin with the great memory to the lockdown days <laughs> he does but that will do it for this edition of the sports mix we'll keep you updated on those potential guests still trying to run down chase the water get him on the show uh, again the 16th overall pick by the guardians hedgesville native uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix again tonight 5 30 5 15 pregame jefferson taking on hurricane in the little league 10 12 year old state tournament we'll have that action for you and the action later on at 8 p.m. between Bridgeport and Barbersville, and then the state championship tomorrow as well. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow.